I think what helped me there the most, again, was go back to that, where I kind of have the customer tag along with me, um, almost as if they're they're kind of going through the maintenance with me, and then we, we finally sit down and say, hey, remember that rusty coil we saw, or, or remember that, uh, that capacitor that was low or whatnot? Here's the cost to replace it <clears throat> versus um, uh, uh, repair, or repair versus replace. The best thing that, that worked for me was literally taking that customer by the arm and just letting them walk with me through the maintenance. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to the Waste No Day podcast. We are here with special guest today, Ryan Bayou. Really looking forward to him talking to you today, as well as our faithful co-host, Brian. How are you doing today? Good, Nate. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Really looking forward to an interesting conversation. Uh, we picked a uh, topic for our podcast today, really dealing with uh, looking for opportunities and then turning those opportunities into the next level, not only for you, but also for the customer. So we're gonna spend some time talking about uh, efficiencies, uh, replace versus repair, and then also how do we even get to that point? Like what are our eyes supposed to be looking for? What should we be paying attention to? What are some kind of warning signs or uh, giveaways as to uh, where we should be directing our attention? So from here, uh, what I want to do is introduce our special guest today. His name is Ryan Bayou. He is the sales manager at One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, he not only comes to us as a current manager, but has also spent years in the field as a service technician for HVAC as well, and has quite a few other interesting points of his background. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Ryan. Yep, appreciate it, Nate. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Brian? Yeah, really good. So, Brian, why don't you start us off by having a little bit of a conversation uh, about your past. Uh, what got you into the trades? Okay. Um, really, it was just I started out plumbing. Um, was a plumber's helper. Swept up uh, some some sh uh, drill shavings and, and whatnot and just kept moving from there. Eventually got into HVAC. So, let, let me stop you there. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what even got you into that job, the, the plumbing? Was that, like, out of necessity? Was that out of convenience? Yeah. And then how did you fall so far to go from plumbing <laughs> to something like HVAC? That's no, realistically, it was, uh, I was ready to just, just get out in the world on my own, uh, make some money. Um, I, I had a Mustang that I wanted to buy, and I needed a job. So, uh, I just started cleaning up after a plumber, and he taught me everything, and I didn't know you were a horse guy. <laughs> oh, ouch, burn. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then from there, and that was in Delaware, and then from there I moved back home, um, started working at a couple of local companies, and then ended up uh, here at One Hour probably six or seven years ago, um, strictly just HVAC. And that was in the capacity of being a service tech at the time, is Correct. that right? Correct, yep. yep. I was a service tech in a truck, and uh, yeah, that's where I started out. Okay. Um, since then, I mean, you've certainly had a number of years like in the field as well as in the office. I mean, what's kind of your forte at this point? Do you prefer the field or the office? Um, I, I definitely 
kind of a mixture of both. Um, I, I mean, I am in the office full time, um, but I enjoy working with the the, the techs more so. Um, just establishing leads and just kind of being hands-on with them on, on each individual calls that they run and, and whatnot. So. I really like a guy who has a mixed background like that, both in plumbing and in HVAC. And I'm sure you even have, you've done your wiring projects and stuff too. So mm -hmm. uh, you come to us with a really diversified perspective. And I find that to be really handy, especially since we're talking to electricians, plumbers, and HVAC mm -hmm. techs all the time. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, the guys, it's, it's a lot easier for me to kind of relate to what the guys are looking at in the field um, and also help our, our CAs. <clears throat> who, excuse me, who are strictly selling, um, uh, help them understand what they're looking at. So Comfort yeah. advisors. Comfort advisors, yeah. Comfort yeah, advisors. awesome. Awesome. Great. So we wanted to talk to you today uh, about our subject, which is looking for opportunities. That's where we're going to start. So I know from experience that when you were in the field, uh, you really made a special effort uh, to look for the opportunities. And when I say opportunities, I'm defining that as a customer who has an HVAC system, that is probably getting older, probably losing some efficiency, and bringing that to the attention of the customer, as well as many other things, you know, just broken parts or things that are showing wear and tear, those types of things. So you found a lot of success early on doing that with the customer and then taking that conversation from an opportunity into a essentially a sales appointment and from that sales appointment into an install. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I want to start. I mean, when you were in the field, when you were looking for opportunities, what was kind of... Uh, I mean, what was, you know, one, two, three, what were you looking for? Uh, so, I mean, realistically, it was just, I kind of had one theory. It was, if it, if it wasn't the way it was when it came out of the box new, I brought it to the customer's attention. So if there was any, any wear or any, any, any rust, anything in general, just I literally brought the customer downstairs, showed them, went over uh, pricing or options and, and just my recommendations in general. So, but that was really my, my key on, on, on what to look for is, is, is if it came from the, the factory, we set it inside your house, if there's anything from that point on that was not from that factory box, I would definitely bring it to their attention. And that's really what would help me. Okay, and that sounds great. How do you actually make the conversation happen with the customer? I mean, so obviously the moment you take it out of the box, just like pulling a brand new car mm -hmm. off the auto lot, mm -hmm. you know, it's no longer new, but a one-day-old car still has a lot of functionality, yeah, obviously. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I would just go over the age with them. I would, I would discuss um, possible breakdowns and, and just things that I can look for, control boards and motors and, and how they work and how they operate, um, and really just, just break down the mechanical system of, of, of the HVAC uh, equipment with the customer and explain to them what could and couldn't happen over the years and what to look for. So um, ideally, we were talking more of, anywhere from eight to 12 year old systems that, that I was going out to. Um, and, and, and warranty was a big thing too. If they were out of warranty, it was peace of mind for a customer to have a new piece of equipment, so. Yeah, now that I think is a really interesting point, the out of warranty. Mm -hmm. uh, what did the conversation sound like to the customer to bring up that fact to them? I mean, usually knowing that your system is out of warranty is a bad thing. And some techs might even kind of want to stay away from that because it's going to prompt some frustration from the customer. Mm -hmm. How did you bring that up in a positive light? Um, I mean, typically most customers, if they bought the system originally from us, they knew that they didn't know their warranty. So a lot of times I brought that up front. I'd come in, hey, I'm here to check out your heat pump or your gas furnace AC. I do see it was out of warranty uh, last year. Um, so I'm going to go through it, make sure everything's good to go and, and, and kind of go from there. So. And if it wasn't installed by us? 
Uh, a lot of times we'd have history on it, or I'd go through the past history and kind of see what the last text said and, and just go from there. So. All right, so putting yourself back in the seat, the mm -hmm. driver's seat of a truck, and you're headed out to a customer today. Let's say it's a brand-new customer, somebody that we've never serviced before or the company that the technician is working for that day. Never seen before. He's never seen them. He has no history, nothing. He's going to get out to the unit, and he's going to obviously start you know, taking a look at what's going on. What, what's number one that he should focus on? Mm, I'd say do what you're there to do. So if they called for a maintenance, do your maintenance. Um, don't jump right into tearing the unit apart or maybe throwing the other company under the bus because they didn't do something right or wh whatever it may be. You just need to, especially as a, as a new customer, go there and, and do exactly what they called you to do. Um, you'll build that trust a lot faster than just simply going in and, oh, well, you guys recommend a UV light or a micropower. I mean, that'll all come eventually, but the first thing, most important thing to do is just definitely do what you're supposed to do. So. Yeah, that's so critical. And that's something that, Brian, I know you've talked about a lot before as far as going out into the home. I mean, the customer called you out for a reason, right? So do what you're there to do. Yeah, obviously you start with building some rapport and uh, warming up and making a friend out there. But certainly to gloss over what they actually called you for is to lose trust immediately. It, it has to be addressed in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, imagine yourself going shopping for some jeans and you walk into the store and the person immediately takes you over to the shirts. Yeah. You know, it, it's just... You have to start wondering what was wrong with the shirt you were wearing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's incongruent with the experience that you were thinking you were going to have. So yeah. I find that to be really accurate there, Ryan. So, okay, so you've done, you've done the job. You've taken care of the immediate concern, whether it was making the fix or performing the maintenance, whatever it may be. Now you kind of have some credibility as to you know being a technician in the home and taking care of the situation where do you go to next uh, most likely just sit down with them have a conversation um, just go over some recommendations with them and, and explain to them why uh, I'm recommending it um, by far there's they don't have to do any um, but it, it would probably stem off of the original call so if it was a repair call I would get them to a point where I'd get them up and running or they would decide, hey, let's go ahead and repair it. And then I would give them options on how to prevent this call later on down the road, whether that be a service plan with us or whether it be a new system or whatever it may be. So um, biggest thing is just give them options. Do not leave the house without – a lot of people are just afraid to just present and, and, and whatnot. And um, I mean, there's times where I sat down in the basement thinking, all right, this guy's never going to buy anything or this lady's never going to buy anything from us. Um, but you just got to push your way through it. Um, it's, it's not fair to them, I and mean, it's not fair to, to you as a tech. They're there to make that decision, and if you don't give them options, there's nothing nothing you can do. I like, to, <clears throat> I like where Ryan was going there with um, the options part, um, and I just wanted to circle back to that because I, I've heard all throughout my career, especially when I kind of went from straight plumbing to, to sales-oriented plumbing, um, I'll never sell a customer something they don't need. Mm -hmm. And I've always found that to be so, such a, a feel-good statement on its surface, but so misleading and detrimental to the to the client, to the person whose home we're at. Um, in that, they don't they don't need cleaner water than they currently have. They don't they don't need chlorine removed from their water or indoor air quality to remove you know pollen and dust from the air or uh, 
whole home surge protectors, uh, they don't have to have that, but all that stuff is hugely beneficial. And if we don't present it, they don't know it exists. So, you know, Walmart's best selling items are in the back of the store. You have to go through a half a mile of products to get to it so that you see everything they have to offer. And when somebody says, I don't sell anything the customer doesn't need, to, to me anymore, that just sounds super lazy. Yeah. You're not showing them anything but what you're there for. And I don't, I don't like people pushing anything on anyone or telling someone they need something that they don't. But to not present options, to not show them what we have, we don't, we don't have a uh, showroom in the back of our trucks, so they can't just see everything we have to offer. But if you're not telling them what we have to offer, you're just doing them a huge disservice, and it's, it's extremely lazy. Yeah. Is, is all it is. You just want to get in and get out and get to the next one and get home early. And if that's the case, I don't know, do commercial. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you'll find that they'll have a personal experience, maybe a neighbor that had uh, mold in their system or or uh, some ductwork or something in an old house that was dusty that, that just personally affected them or, or, or maybe a, a son had a bad allergy or a daughter had a bad allergy. And, and there's without, without you explaining to them what we have that could potentially help them um, you're, you're doing a disservice to them. Absolutely. Okay, so you bring up a really good point there, which is, you know, historical experience or shared experience with others. Mm -hmm. How did you arrive at that information? I mean, did that come up in your bonding and rapport step, or did that just come up along the way? It could be, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, so when I was when I was in the field, I, I encouraged the customer to kind of tag along with me, or at least every 10, 15 minutes, I kind of checked in with them and just said, hey, I just checked downstairs, everything's looking good, there's a couple things I want to show you, but I'm going to go outside and whatnot. Um, but just general conversation with the customer. Um, uh, when I first started and in, in here and in, in just filling that selling tech kind of role, I mean, it's essentially what we are, selling techs. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of hard to just, I would go in, have my upfront greeting, go downstairs for 45 minutes to an hour, and then expect to come back upstairs and have this full out conversation where it just it just didn't feel natural. So at that point, I just I just decided, okay, I'm going to invite the customer with me, have them kind of follow me around the house, um, and really as I was going through the system, I explained to them and showed them things, and that's kind of what peaked, maybe some dust in the ductwork, or maybe some some growth that I'm seeing somewhere, or some rust on a coil pan somewhere that just, and that's what really triggered that conversation. And that's so. really rooted in this listening to the customer, yes. listening to customer cues. So I mean, taking that outside of the HVAC world, like let's say that you're at a restaurant and the waiter overhears you saying that, you know, the last time you were here, uh, you didn't like the salad, right? So the waiter overhears that, picks up on that, and maybe they either copy the salad mm -hmm. this time or they say, hey, you know, we also offer these other options because you're, you're making now a suggestion or a recommendation based upon some information that you heard and translated that into an experience. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Definitely have to listen. So. All right, so step one, listen to the customer. Mm -hmm. And step two, I want to talk about when you're actually looking at the unit. Okay. Okay, so did you find that you were able to construct more opportunities and options out of things that were missing, like add-on products or additional items? or out of items that were there that were no longer functioning as they were supposed to be? Um, I had better success. Again, my, my kind of calls were set up for older systems. Um, I just, I, I truly believe anything that's out of warranty personally. Um, and 
is, is showing signs of wear, in my opinion, should be replaced. I would replace my own, and that's the way I felt. Um, whether, whether the cost was high or not, it didn't matter. I mean, that's just something I chose that I would do. Um, and it was just easier for me to have that conversation with a customer. Um, I wasn't, wasn't the top salesman in, in IEQ and all that, which I absolutely have in my own home, and I believe in it. I just, my forte was, was picking a unit apart, explaining the benefits of replacing that unit, and then also many times going back the next year and the customer says, oh, I wish I would have done that so much sooner. Um, it, that just really, that's what I enjoy doing. So it was a, the, a lot of customers don't realize how, mo how more comfortable they can be in a home just by simply replacing their piece of equipment and how affordable it is. And that's, that was what I enjoyed doing. So. Okay, so kind of breaking this down, the first step could be listening to the customer. Yep. Hear their customer cues, hear their experiences, hear their... Uh, their fears or their concerns or some things that are rubbing them the wrong way. Next one is listen to the unit. Mm -hmm. Hear what the unit is telling you. Uh, these parts need replaced or you know, they don't have uh, a filter that could really be beneficial to them or they don't have uh, you know, an ultraviolet light, whatever it may be. And then perhaps the third one could be listen to your own instincts, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you wanted to have the best situation here, if you wanted to have this home function like ideal for the customer, what would you recommend? Mm -hmm. Does that line up with kind of your own experience? Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I agree. So really at the end of the day, I mean, it sounds like opportunities are really rooted in a listening ear. No, I mean, realistically, the customer or, or the clients, they'll tell you what they're looking for or if they were happy or not happy or just anything in general. Um, and you kind of build that trust with them. And then year after year, you get to visit them each year and, and really just build that relationship. And uh, they, they tend to trust you. I mean, they, they, it just grows over the years. And, and they, they request you uh, as a callback tech. And, and uh, yeah, it just it keeps going, keeps flowing. So. so I want to speak uh, fairly for mm -hmm. some of our listeners who are saying, okay, well, that sounds real great, Ryan. But, you know, I've run across handfuls of customers who they don't, share anything, mm -hmm. right? They're just like, oh, okay, you're here to do unit, cool, great, uh, thanks, it's in the basement, and you know, they choose to be fairly uh, reclusive. Mm -hmm. How do you interact with a customer like that and really listen for what they're not telling you? Okay, so um, really it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation. You just stop and just time out, really call a time out, just listen, is there a place we can sit down somewhere? I can kind of explain the way we work, the way I operate, um, and what I'm gonna do here today and kind of just ask them questions and get them involved in the conversation. And really, that's where you start with that. So and if they push back? Then they push back. I mean, some, sometimes you're not going to win them all. But I would say 90% of the time, you'll find that they'll, if you actually call a timeout and you're, you're sincere and you listen to them, they'll sit down and actually open up to you and have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, kind of back to the doctor illustration. I mean, you can go to the doctor and say, Doc, I don't want to hear anything. And the doctor at that point has two opportunities. He can either let you wallow in your own decision or mm -hmm. he can say, hey, listen, I know you don't want to hear this. I know this isn't what you're interested in knowing today, but this is important. Yeah. Like you said, calling that time out. Yep, I agree. Brian, I'm sure you have kind of some experiences with pushing that out with a customer. I mean, somebody who's trying to really isolate themselves or not be engaged. I mean, what were some of your techniques? Uh, the warm-up, the bonding rapport is the key. It's the biggest part of that because that is overwhelmingly a defense. I mean, 99% of the time they're acting like that. They are um, intimidated or afraid that they're going to be sold something that they don't want or need. Um, 
and they have very little defense for that. So they just try to run and hide and like get away. Um, a, a good bonding rapport, warm up, letting them know early that you may present some things that would be beneficial to them, but they can very easily tell you no thank you and that will be the end of it uh, and not make them feel like they're gonna be hard sold, something that they're really not into. Uh, and that's just done by warming up, by just letting them know you're human and you, you have their best interest at heart. All right, Ryan, so we've gotten our three listening cues down. We're listening to the customer, we're listening to the unit, we're listening to our own instincts and our own you know, kind of recommendations. Now we're sitting down with the customer. Now it's time to have the hard conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So we've done, we've done the work, we've put together some things that have uh, stood out to us or that we've heard along the way, and now we actually have to review this with the customer. And this is where I think you found a lot of success in being able to have a conversation that started as, hey, we should think about repairing some of these things and turned it into, well, maybe it makes sense to do replacement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think what helped me there the most, again, was go back to that, where I kind of have the customer tag along with me, um, almost as if they're, they're kind of going through the maintenance with me and then we, we finally sit down and say, hey, remember that rusty coil we saw or, or remember that, uh, that capacitor that was low or whatnot? Here's the cost to replace it. <clears throat> versus um, uh, re uh, repair or repair versus replace and they kind of sit down and I say look do you really want to spend this this much money on a 10 or 12 year old system that's out of warranty and then we start talking about warranties and it really just opens up the conversation um, and again it, it's a lot easier on a repair call because you're there that they felt some pain maybe that night they didn't have any heat or have any air conditioning or whatnot um, but my, my the, the, the best I don't want to really call it a technique, but the best thing that, that worked for me was literally taking that customer by the arm and just letting them walk with me through the maintenance and or, or through the repair call. Um, it kind of extends that that bonding rapport from the beginning of the call all the way through the call, and it makes it a lot easier to transition into our option sheet, which really, I mean, I'm giving them options as we're going through that call. So by the time we sit down at the table, they already know what, what I'm going to show them. They've, okay, already, so they've already they already seen hey I'll, I'll talk about this capacitor later on we'll talk about this this uv light later on and they already know what's going to be on my paper when we sit down so that makes a lot of sense so mm -hmm. basically like you said you're you're kind of doing the build-a-bear approach where yeah, yeah, you're exactly. walking down the line and you're sort of like picking your options with the customer subtly and then when you get to the end you realize that oh we've actually constructed a teddy bear here mm -hmm. And now it's just, do you want to purchase this or don't you? So your conversation, your opportunities, and your options really develop through the entire length of the call. And it's not just kind of this abrupt presentation at the end. Correct. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, like I said, that was kind of my thing. I go in the house, have a great up front, but then literally go down to the basement or outside for half an hour, 45 minutes. And just that time that, that it, it was just an awkward moment coming back up and, and just dumping this plate of, of repairs and, and options and all this on, with a customer. So um, that's what worked for me. Now, did you find that the repair versus replacement <clears throat> conversation was also happening organically through the call or did that only come up, you know, when you actually sat down at the end? No, it was definitely through the call. Um, a lot of times it started at, as soon as I walked in the door. Um, they so would, just like, hey, I'm here to replace your <laughs> unit? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, the customer would, would, would tell me, hey, I know it's old. I know it's old. Hopefully we can get it through uh, tonight or tomorrow or whatever. And they, I mean, they just, it, it really just worked out well. Um, I kind of slowed them down a little bit, explained to them why it was uh, 
in my opinion, a better better situation to replace that piece of equipment than um, try and repair it. In a lot of cases, we can we can replace it faster and, and quicker than we can uh, repair it. So now I'm sure some of our listeners are going to push back on that mentality. Uh, you know, I'm sure we have some there's some fixers out there, mm-hmm. uh, technicians, plumbers, electricians in the field who are proud and you know thrilled to fix something. And there's nothing wrong with fixing things that need fixed. That's absolutely something that our service industry does. But Brian, I wanted to bring you in here. I mean, you have some really great analogies when it comes to replacing your cell phone versus fixing a cell phone. And I'm sure there's a number of other things out there. Yeah, the the cell phone one is my favorite because, um, well, we have a a local Apple store here in the, the mall that's probably eight minutes away from our shop. And everybody knows of this store. And when we get bring guys in here to interview, or if I go speak at the local trade schools, um, selling, selling, sales, upselling, it, it can be dirty words. So I like to just get that out in the beginning and say that we are a sales-focused organization, and our teams are very sales-motivated, and we congratulate and promote and you know bonus people off of that performance, and everybody's pretty excited about it at this place but we don't have any used car salesmen or icky salesmen here um and the way i like to help people understand that is to talk about this local apple store where if i had a cracked screen in my iphone 8 and i took my phone to that store and i set it in front of one of the guys at the counter and said uh what can you do with this and he just immediately said well, for $150, we'll, we'll replace that screen for you. And that's that. I said, well, let me think about it. I go walk around the mall. And I think about it, and I come walking back in, and there's a lady behind another counter, and I just walk up and set it down, and she said, oh, you have to replace it. And that's that. You need a new phone. And I ask the person I'm talking to which one of them did me a disservice. And almost everybody says, the lady who said you have to replace it. And and that's accurate. She did do me a disservice. However, in my opinion, they, they both did me a disservice. Um, he saying, we'll repair it, giving me no option to replace it. Her saying, we'll replace it, no option to repair it. I want options, and our our customers want options. So the right thing to do in that situation would be to say, we can repair it. It would be $150. Or we can replace the phone, take that 150 and put it towards a new phone. And then the selling part comes in, the professional, well-trained selling part comes in where you say, not only we can take that money and put it into a new phone if you'd like to, we don't have to, but if you'd like to, we can do that. But have you seen the new iPhone 11 Pro? Check this thing out and just start showing you features and, and cool things about it and see if it's something you're into. To me, that is professional selling. Not only do I get you excited about this product, but I also give you your options as far as repairing versus replacing um, and ultimately leave the decision up to you. But with my sales training, I, I certainly at least have you excited about the idea of a replacement so that when you leave that store, you're much more excited about a brand new phone with all these widgets and gadgets and cool features than you are about your old phone with a screen that's not cracked anymore. Does that line up with your experiences, Ryan? Uh, no, absolutely. I, I, it's kind of uh, reminds me of a. Actually, Brian, when Brian was in a truck and I started, um, 
shortly after he got into the office, he, he showed me this idea of just taking. When I was like, trying to get you to go back to plumbing all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was yeah, absolutely. But he showed me this idea of uh, taking a picture of, and this is kind of plumbing related, a, a water softener and putting it on the wall, right where their water softener would essentially go, and just kind of building that picture for the customer. Um, so uh, over over the time, I, I would keep pictures of from our install manager, pictures of installs and very common gas furnace ACs and whatnot, and just kind of build that picture for the customer um, while it's giving us some options. So, but yeah, it absolutely does. So Brian, your analogy about the cell phone, I think really resonates with a lot of people because it's a simple illustration that is literally in everybody's pocket and everybody has this kind of built-in desire that is not natural. It was absolutely built in by Apple or by Samsung by you know the phone dying every two years that ooh new phone new technology and everything's around that but what about hvac equipment i mean i don't think anybody is really all that excited about a brand new unit or really all that excited about a brand new water heater unless it's literally fixing a need in their house right now so if i don't have hot water then yes i'm, I'm quite excited about a new water heater and if i don't have lights in my house i'm quite excited about a new panel so how did you get somebody to, I mean, it's probably a stretch to say, get excited about replacing their equipment, Ryan? I mean, how, how did that conversation come up? I mean, essentially, you'd be surprised how many people um, just really take pride in their home. Um, and you can look, you can go around to our customers. A lot of our customers, um, as far as in this area and, and where we're where we're located in, in, in our pricing range, kind of keeps us in, in that line of, of customers that take care of their homes. Um, and they really take pride in it. And, and really, I think just showing a customer that you can see has a great manicure yard, yard and clean cars and, and, and uh, just a, in general, a well-kept home appreciates that, that picture of that brand new panel that they can see that's going to be on their wall and, and, and whatnot. So I don't really think I had to do a lot of convincing or um, getting them excited because I think uh, just fortunately for us, we have a bunch of customers and, and, and a lot of our customers that are that are willing to spend that money and they, they take pride in one. And that is by design. We yeah. We, we certainly don't want to be a cheap company. We, we pride ourselves on being a high end company. If I left this industry altogether and went to be a chef, I would not go knock on the door of Burger King. I'd want to go to Ruth Chris or, you know, a, a higher end place, anything. Oh yeah. Ruth Chris, baby. <laughs> 500 <laughs> degree plates. Oh, Let's go one. to lunch. That's, that's enough of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, Anything we do, we want to be a higher level company, and we don't we don't want to be somebody that is called when a landlord wants the cheapest possible solution for their for their tenant property at all. We want to be working for people who take the ultimate level of pride in their home. And if we say this is getting older, it's going to let you down here before too long. Um, you know, we have we have the opportunity to replace it now before anything happens. Also look at these new cool features that you probably don't even know about yet. Check this out real quick. Let me show you this. And at the end of it, if they say no, that's fine. And we don't, we don't slam doors on our way out or mess up the chance that when they do want to replace it, they'll use us. But we, we pride ourselves in showing high level options. I mean, our, our ticket averages stay high because we, we present the, biggest, brightest, coolest one possible and work our way down from there. 
and we are professional salespeople, so we get them excited about it. That's our job. The best, the best definition of selling I've ever heard, and I've probably written this on whiteboards 2,000 times, um, was Brian Tracy said, selling is a transfer of enthusiasm. And all we're doing is getting ourselves as enthusiastic as possible about our products and services so that when we talk about it, that's what comes across as enthusiasm. That's so right, Brian. All right, so brass tack stuff here. I'm a fixer tech. I really enjoy fixing things. Um, I Why? think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably, you know, in my opinion, that's what most people want. They want it fixed. <clears throat> but I also hear what Brian is saying with the cell phone analogy, and I can wrap my head around, oh, yeah, okay. I like new shiny things too. So my question for you, Ryan, is what, what can I do? What can I do as the fixer tech to get my mind and my presentation and every, all my communication to the customer moving in the direction of, hey, it's okay to talk about replacing as well? I would say past experiences, um, past history with customers. Um, uh, ask customers. Uh, if you go to, a, as a technician, you go to a customer's house that's only two or three years old, ask them their experience on, on the replacement process and would they have done it, if they had to do, do it all over again, would they do it again? Um, just, just ask their opinion and they'll tell you. Um, and even having a belief that they are interested. Yep. Right? I mean, so much of it comes down to just believing, well, getting out of your own way. Yeah. Like you have a certain yeah. belief, like, oh, they're not going to be interested in replacement. Absolutely. Well, you don't know, right? I mean, there's, there's many times I've sat downstairs just thinking, all right, I really need to talk to them about replacement, but it was just an uneasy conversation or maybe I felt like me and the customer didn't really click that well. And it was just me, again, being in my own way and literally sitting down there and just saying, all right, screw it. I just got to go talk to this customer and just just did it. And you really surprised yourself in many cases. Whenever we bring in, bring in a new guy, or as we would call him, new tech, old company type guy who's always been taught repair, 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 get out of the call as fast as possible and get to the next one. Don't waste too much time talking. The first thing we say before we can even um, give them a lot of training and being a professional salesperson is start giving options. So do your re repair thing. That's what you want to do. That's what you're into. If, if you're listening to this and you're a repair type technician and that's all you want to do, please just give two options before you make that repair. You don't have to lead them in a certain direction. You don't have to do anything. The only thing you, you need to do different is say, here's what it's going to take to repair this. Oh, by the way, we can also take this same amount of money and put it toward the replacement, and this is what the replacement would cost. And that's it. And let them make the decision. That's a really good point, Brian. And yeah. it doesn't seem that far out of the realm of possibility for literally anybody to just do that. I mean, yes, it might be awkward the first two or three times, but once you get in that rhythm and you start realizing, okay, people actually do care about seeing what their options are as opposed to just saying, oh, okay, it's fixed and that was all I was ever presented, you might be surprised. And you're gonna find out that there's a lot of people out there who are interested in knowing what replacement might look like. Uh, so Ryan, just kind of summarizing it up for us today, you brought a lot of great content. So, I mean, we wanna remind, uh, remind our listeners that you wanna to listen to the customer first, hear what they're talking about, listen to some of their experiences, pick up on those cues that they're dropping. You want to listen to the unit, 
see what the unit is telling you. Are parts old? Is it missing stuff? Um, could their home function better if it had X, Y, Z? And then also listen to your own your own instincts, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> what would you desire? What would uh, if this was your home? If if this was your options, what would you be looking for? And then along the way, I mean, I think your your um, experience really relied upon planting seeds throughout the entire call, getting the customer to interact with you, and then kind of just talking about, well, hey, you know, did you know about this? Did you know about that? What about this? Have you ever considered? Uh, those types of seed planting throughout the entire call, which led to a much more organic conversation at the end as opposed to an abrupt presentation. Yep, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Ryan. Uh, we can't leave you go uh, before we do our rapid fire five questions for you. Okay. <laughs> so we got a little bit of off the cuff here. Uh, let's start off with question number one Scariest ride you've ever been on? King to Ka. King Ka. That yep. is the roller coaster. Yep. Jersey. Jersey. Yep. Yeah. All right. What yep. uh, What park's that at? Uh, Six Flags. Mm. Any chance we have photo evidence of uh, that reaction? Uh, we might. Yeah. We might. <laughs> <laughs> Do you care to reenact uh, your vocal pattern? No. That? No, no. That's all right. That's all right. No. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, best and worst subject in school? Uh, math. That was literally the best and the worst subject? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so party animals in the uh, Worst classroom when you had to do it, best when it was over. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, if you were at a concert and you got caught up on the stage, you're like, you were that lucky guy, mm-hmm. right? What concert are you at and what song are you singing? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, probably Metallica 1. Yeah. I like that. All right. Which which part of that song you're going to do a little rendition? No, I'm not no? <laughs> absolutely not. You're, you're not giving us anything here, man. Come no, on. nobody. You're not getting that out of me. All right. Weirdest thing you've come across in Darkness the field? Darkness in prison. <laughs> <laughs> in Thanks, the field. Um, oh, uh, an old when I was a plumber, downtown uh, F&M College. Uh, I was sent out to a call for a sump pump not working. And there was uh, the, the college kids were using it as a, as a restroom, essentially <laughs> the vomit mm. and all that stuff you can imagine. So, but yeah, that was probably one of the weirdest and most disgusting. Have you ever been to a grease trap? Because yeah, yeah, I've cleaned up. I've never of seen traps. a plumbing job that uh, rivaled <laughs> a, a Wendy's grease trap. All right, last one for you, Ryan, and a serious one. Uh, who would you consider your role model, and why? Uh, my father, um, he kind of established the the grounds for myself and um, really just pointed me in the right direction uh, to be a father, uh, a man in, in, in a big world and, and whatnot. So, yeah, definitely my father. And knowing you and knowing your family, you your father did a great job, buddy. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, that's it for today. Uh, Ryan, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks so much for lending your expertise. I'm sure it won't be the last time that we talk to you. Uh, Ryan brought forth a lot of really good information and a lot of stuff that I hope you as a listener can put into application right away. Uh, you gotta be, you got to be willing, willing to put yourself out there. I mean, again, this podcast is about learning to, to take the next step, learning to do things that you haven't been doing for or haven't been doing before and really taking it to um, the next level. I mean, if we're not challenging you, then what's, what's the point, really? Um, so what we want to do is we want to remind you that uh, we're out here. 
and we are trying to give you guys encouragement on a daily basis. If you're loving what you hear and you want to work for a team that is enjoying this type of conversation and not only enjoying it, but putting it into actual practice, we're hiring. Uh, you can contact us in a number of ways. Hit us up on Facebook or find us at wastenoday.com. And of course, leave some comments for our podcast as well. We love that. Uh, we want to remind you that uh, remember when you wake up, you have the opportunity to make the most of every single day. Never settle. You always have a choice and you always have a choice to waste no day. This podcast is the production of South Central Pennsylvania branch of our one-hour heating and air conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.